Juice, juice. Excited to be back. Uh, 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 back at the dining room table. Back at the dining room table. It's That's a, probably not good for the breathing. It's a tradition. It's a tradition that we started yesterday and it yeah. caused a fire. So that's why it's special. Are you really going to leave the matchbook in there with the yeah, it's fire? Fun. Trust me. That I, usually makes more fire. I do this every day. Okay. I'm excited to be here. <clears throat> Had a nice, nice psychiatrist appointment this morning. He complimented me on my choice of reading material. That's awesome. It made me super happy. I can't recall the last time a person asked me about about a book i was reading he's a really cool guy yeah he was snazzy too today he's always snazzy oh my I god mean, he is like a super awesome dresser yeah he's got style he does the most the sty- most stylish psychiatrist you're ever gonna run across oh for sure all right so yesterday we spent i shouldn't three say three hours <laughs> on the previous podcast we spent a inordinate amount of time in the dark recesses of our hearts so that is not what th- we intend this podcast to be all the time all so <clears throat> one of the things we'll we'll be talking about frequently is one of my sort of passions which is the cinema the films i of know the world. i love it i love it when instead of saying that you're going to the movie theater, that you say I'm going to the cinemas. Which I absolutely never say. Yeah, you do. You say it all the time. Oh, it's because of it's. Well, that was it. I worked at the movie theater in high school and it was showcase cinemas. Oh, so you say it all the time and it makes me giggle like it's so old fashioned. You know, what? well, obviously, as you just heard, it doesn't occur to me that I'm actually saying it that way. Yeah. But that is why yeah. is it was we called it the cinemas. And actually, I don't know if that was from work or that was something my parents called it or what. But yeah, you're right. Kind of like how we have zero riverboat casinos right. here in, in town anymore. Yet I will still refer to them as we're going to the boat. Yeah. Because that's what it was for 20 years so randy and i have had very different (laughs) experiences in uh when it comes to movies in that i essentially went to film school my degree is in cinema and photography i was watching tons of movies all throughout my life um they were not a thing i did like for entertainment. I mean, I did it because I enjoyed it, but it wasn't a, a thing that I didn't treat it the same way as if I were going bowling. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, let's go bowling tonight. Let's go see a movie tonight. That's not what it was. I'm assuming that's pretty close to what it was for you, though. Oh, yeah. It was pure entertainment. Yeah. Just something to do. One of the one of the first and longest standing sort of jokes that Randy and I had was when we were talking about, um, well, it tangentially it was about film because we were arguing who was better, Will Ferrell or. You get that story wrong every single time. Okay, well, get tell it right. It was not an argument about who was better. 
I would never, ever say Adam Sandler is better than Will Ferrell, ever. Okay, so. All I was saying was that I don't like that you just dismiss Adam Sandler. And I don't know. I honestly don't know where Will Ferrell came into the argument, but it was never about who was better. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, in the course of that argument, Randy said not everything needs to be the Odyssey uh, because he's a snob. I can be a bit of a snob. And here's like, here's my defense. A snob is really just no, I'm not going to say that, but someone like me. I have probably seen five times as many movies as most people you'll encounter on a daily basis. Like just that's, you know, I was on the five discs at a time Netflix plan when I was, when I was single and just out of college and I would watch two movies a night. Um, So I just consumed movies more than other people did. And what happens, the more you consume something, like for, in your case, ranch dressing, mm. you are probably would be considered a ranch dressing snob. Yeah, that's very true. Because you try it everywhere you go. Yep. You have your favorites. Yep. And there are some that you dismiss just in the most violent and, and cruel ways. Rule? It's hyperbole. Roll with it, baby. Okay, I'll roll with it. So what has made me a snob is simply experience. Sure. I've seen more movies, and as you see more, you are you are less open to bad ones. Mm-hmm. Um and the number that you hold in high esteem, you you appreciate those movies more. So in order to alleviate my snobdom when we talk about movies, I was talk I told talked to Randy and I said, I want movie discussions not to be about worth necessarily. Um, certainly not the main thing to be about worth. However, um, I want it to focus on what movie did you see versus mm-hmm. the movie that I saw. Mm-hmm. Because everybody, based on personal experience, the movies that they've seen, what they see in one movie or another is always going to be different. Um, art is subjective, despite what some angry trolls would tell you. Um, a movie that I love is not a movie that I would tell you you're automatically going to love. Because right. different life experiences, different tastes. A, a good example uh, of this and how people see movies differently. There is a horror movie that came out two years ago something like that called the babadook it's a it's a horror movie sort of based around a a storybook that this woman believes is coming to life the the creature in the book is coming to life and haunting her and her son what i saw in that movie was a heightened experience of depression the stress upon her is based on she lost her husband Mm -hmm. she doesn't really care for her child anymore um that's sad well it's it's that's depression right right no i know what you mean um 
what I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like um, she detests her child. It's just that she doesn't. Yes. There, there are times where it's clear that she's lost time. Like she just doesn't remember having done stuff. Right. Um, and if you, if you've experienced that, then you're going to see, mm-hmm. holy smokes, this is actually a really interesting examination of, of depression. Mm-hmm. But if you've never been through that, mm-hmm. you're not going to recognize that. Right. So that's kind of the 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 uh, the way I want to attack talking about movies. Sure. On this is essentially how did how did we each experience the movie? Mm-hmm. So we have a handful of movies that we we viewed together over the course of a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just kind of wanted to go through them. Uh, and sort of talk about so Jumanji. Yes, and we should probably clarify that it's the new one. The new Jumanji. Yeah. The more I, I was surprised at how much I was thinking about Jumanji after we watched it, and I think part of it is I was trying to find modern modern movies that are the same tone wise Mm -hmm. as that movie and it's very hard Mm -hmm. for me to think about them it was you know a very funny adventure film right and it seems like there was there's a lack of that that combination and the fact that it was really very uh, though it had some adult stuff I mean, it was super good family film. Yeah, yeah. Great family yeah. film. Yeah. I mean, our seven-year-old daughter loved it. And granted, she picked up on some things that um, maybe some parents wouldn't want their seven-year-old to pick up on. But <laughs> she knows that, you know, those are we things We almost that... had to explain what an erection yeah. was. <laughs> and Randy was on I was, board. I was ready. But... And then Rory said, oh, are his pants down? Yeah. And then we, and we just like, went with it. Yep. His <laughs> pants fell down. You got it. You're so smart. Isn't that funny? She Isn't thought it was hilarious. It? Yeah. I was ready, but um, I didn't have to. But yeah, so there are some things in there that if you're not ready to have those conversations with your child, it might not be the best movie to have. But Or just tell him his pants fell down. Yeah. But Phil and I are pretty open with her, and, and she knows things that she's supposed to keep at home and mm-hmm, not yeah. talk about with her friends. So, so okay, it's a got, great family. We film. got derailed by Jack Black's boner. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I can't think of many. Uh, okay. I'm not going to say many. I can't think of any films in a long time mm-hmm. that were, were that good at entertain like a good family adventure comedy. I'm sure there are people listening to this who could scream out right. three or four or five, but right. I, I just maybe I fell out of that market for a yeah. while, but I can't I can't think I'm, of any. I'm having a hard time myself. So like I mean for me I have to go back to like the eighties. Yeah. Where there were family comedies. I'm thinking like Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Which is not but an adventure. But when but you th- right, when you throw that adventure thing right, in there, I right. think like the one that comes to mind to me is Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, what about like um, um, Back to the Future? 
Back to the Future would be a good one. Yeah. I don't know. It's almost like it's almost like they either go one way or the I mean, you could put something like Thor Ragnarok in there, but there's something when you're talking about Marvel, it's there's something specific to that right. that almost in my mind disqualifies it. Yeah. Um but I enjoyed that movie a lot. Um Jumanji. Jumanji. Right. Um I I laughed a lot. Yes. Like full on belly laugh. Well, and actually speaking of Thor Ragnarok, so I think I think watching Jumanji can explain why I didn't dig Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. as much as well, most people who watched it did. The, the the comedy in Jumanji is largely character based. Mm-hmm. Um, it's based around essentially these kids trapped in adult bodies that don't match their personas as teenagers, and the sort of conflict that that comes from that. Like a good example is Ruby Roundhouse. Has a power that's what dance, uh, dance, fi- dance fighting. fighting, yeah, yeah. Um, and in that you have Karen Gillan who's playing her, who's a stunning woman. But then she goes into dance fighting, and you can see that shy redhead girl underneath, because mm-hmm. the dancing is it's not. It's not good. Right. It's right. like I've never danced sexy before yeah. in my life. So it's very awkward. And and so it's all based around her character. Right. Um, and I have to say, not to interrupt, I apologize, but that movie like elevated Jack Black in my mind. He jumped a ton of yeah, and, levels. And like, actually, you can take The Rock – Jack Black and Kevin Hart, and I'll put them all in, in this category. What makes that work is they all three have pretty specific personas. Right. Jack Black is very um, winky, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like when he's performing, there's always this aspect of, oh, he's performing. Right. He's being Jack Black. Yeah. Um, Kevin Hart has a certain tenor and volume and, and, and rhythm to, mm-hmm. to his shtick and the rock is the rock. Right. And all th- one of my criticisms of the rock, which you can hear on the box office draft draft podcast is that he, he hasn't really stretched as a performer. Like he, he plays the rock, mm-hmm. um, even something like central intelligence where he's a former fat kid, um, he's still very much playing the, that that badass character. In Jumanji, not only does he have to play this sort of shy, nerdy kid in The Rock's body, he also skewers that persona, and you get to see him switch, like just briefly, into the into The Rock. You see it several times in the movie. Mm-hmm. It made me more hopeful for his future uh, performances Mm -hmm. because 
despite the two movies he's in coming out this summer, he people need to grab him and and push him to stretch mm-hmm. because he's very charismatic and he can be a very interesting performer. But ever since he jumped into the Fast and Furious franchise, it's been... He's in Fast and Furious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Uh, what are they on, like 11? Uh, 44. Oh. <laughs> um, ever since then, he's been in action mode. Yeah. And I would like to see him... Uh, let's not go back to the Tooth Fairy, but let's find a happy medium. A happy medium between. Uh, but you know what I love about the Tooth Fairy? He's the Rock, and he's willing to do whatever. And I think you, that's amazing. I'm going to be perfectly honest. If you are a professional wrestler, you have to be willing to show your ass. Part of being a bad guy in as a pro wrestler means you the rock was a bad guy. Yeah. He started as a bad guy. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. And part of, yeah, he was, he was the foil to Steve Austin's stone cold, Steve Austin's oh. good guy. Okay. Part of being a heel in pro wrestling means you're eventually going to be humiliated by the good guy. Gotcha. So in large degree, professional wrestlers as performers, they're kind of fearless mm-hmm. because they've, you know, been humiliated in right. front of 50,000 actual living people. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, that doesn't, it doesn't surprise me yeah. that there, he was willing to do that. I think that to me, like on the sexy quotient, in my mind, the formula for sex appeal is. Like, if you're willing to make a fool of yourself, yeah, you jump up very, very high. You can't ranks. abide narcissism. No. Yeah. No. If you're not willing to make... If you're, like, one of those people who gets... Uh, I'm trying to think of... Like, if you're one of those people who... Well, a good example. Who's afraid to be in front of the camera mm-hmm. because you don't want your picture taken? Mm-hmm. That kind of says something to me. Like... Yeah. You have this this um, fear of judgment, and because mm-hmm. that's what it is, it's a fear of judgment. Honestly, yeah. Even if it's you're judging yourself, I don't know. Right. But but that to me, that fearlessness is just like those are my people. Yeah. Because I'm not afraid to make a complete fool of myself. Right. And. Or you have someone like myself who has largely built a persona around taking shots at himself as right. as readily right. as self deprecating. You know, that's yeah. I think that kind of humor is hilarious. And yeah. you know, if you're willing to not take yourself too seriously, you are you're my you're going to be my friend. Right. <laughs> and um, I love that about The Rock. Yeah. So Jumanji compared. Thor Ragnarok, a lot of the comedy, it wasn't really based around anything. The jokes were funny, but the jokes the jokes at the end of the day, they served no purpose in the story. It was funny because they decided they were going to make a funny Thor movie. Yeah. It didn't, uh, there, there wasn't a good sort of mesh 
between the story they were telling, the characters that they had, and the jokes that they were telling. Whereas Jumanji, to me, 90%, if not more, of the jokes were based on who these characters were, who they were represented inside the game, and how those butted heads Mm -hmm. against each other. And because you did mention Jack Black, he was... He never winked. No. And a a guy playing a girl can come off. It can end up being offensive. It is. It's he walked a fine line, but right. But it was never. You realized. Oh, he's that blonde. Right. Girl. Of course, he's going to act that way. Right. Instead of the. Uh, the manner in which he spoke, instead of being um, effeminate, mm-hmm. it was mimicking the sort of rhythms yes. and 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 just speech patterns of that sort of valley girl, yeah. dismissive, snotty. You know what yeah. she was. Yeah, he, he. I mean, it was beautiful. It, I like. I. That's how I would describe. It. Like he played it beautifully. Yes, and it was like he. It. It could have been. So bad. Yeah. And, you know, here here's a perfect case. Like, I read a lot of stuff on, on the internet, a lot of entertainment news, film news, film criticism, whatever. I am done prejudging concepts. Mm-hmm. Like, when you don't, so much of, of the internet is driven on what is this movie going to be instead of judging the movie when it comes out on what the final product is? Mm -hmm. Because when Jumanji was announced, it was almost universal. Like, really? Yeah. That needs a sequel. It was 20 years ago, you know, but then it ends up being one of my favorite like action comedies in, in longer than i than i can remember yeah and uh in I mean, addition to that when the first picture of ruby roundhouse came out like the first cast picture and she had the you know the over sexualized right exposed midriff short yeah. shorts they were like really and actually it was right on the heels of jurassic world uh-huh. where bryce dallas howard's character was like the stuffy uptight businesswoman and put up against Chris Pratt's like fun loving. Oh, relax. You know, Mm -hmm. just, you need not take things so seriously, which I found really off putting about that movie. Like the gender dynamics Mm -hmm. in it were kind of gross. So everyone was a lot of commentators were like, why is she dressed like that? Mm -hmm. Is that really necessary? And it turns out in the context of the film, it makes perfect sense. It does. And it was... The first time you see Ruby Roundhouse, she's trying to pull her shirt down yeah, yeah. Over and cover her belly. Yeah. So it actually had a narrative. Right. So I'm going to do my best. It gets hard sometimes with some of the ideas that are out there, like rebooting The Office. Not to prejudge. Um, I want to see the finished product before I can say, oh, that yeah. was a mistake or that was that did not turn out the way I would have hoped I'm like trying hard not to laugh play, replaying scenes up from that movie in my head yeah I'm already 
picturing Kevin Hart slowly running through the jungle. <laughs> As people run Being by him. Being by Jack Black. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> uh, so if you haven't seen Jumanji, see it twice. Yeah, I want to watch it again. It. it was so good. Um, so let's talk about the weirdest movie you and I have probably seen as a couple. Yeah. Ingrid Goes West. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar with the movie, it's Aubrey Plaza and Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen is a, what do they call him? A trend, trend uh Yeah, like a- Influencer. Influencer, there we go. Uh, an Instagram influencer mm-hmm. that Aubrey Plaza's mentally ill character- Becomes obsessed with, and she becomes obsessed with being her friend. Mm-hmm. It's it's supposed to be commentary on our culture of, you know, the way things look on social media versus the way things are in reality. I don't know how well it achieved that, but that didn't make it. That didn't mean it wasn't a very interesting movie. It was, you know, it was. So. I felt a lot of discomfort while watching that movie, and we can get into that a little bit. Yeah. But um, even though I felt that discomfort, I didn't want to stop watching it. Mm-hmm. What caused the discomfort for you? Um, I think the the main thing was that I saw personality aspects in both Aubrey Plaza's character and Elizabeth Olsen's character mm-hmm. that scare me about yourself myself mm-hmm. yes um it, one thing i think is that because of my because of how long i went growing up without knowing having a name for what was quote unquote wrong with me yeah insanity has always scared me you're yeah you're right and uh, there there was a time where was it during postpartum you got super concerned about whether you were schizophrenic. Do you remember that? No. Yeah. Um, as is common in our modern culture, uh, there is a lot of articles on the internet that <laughs> that in terms of health can scare the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. And the way your mind works, you read... I think it was in the Atlantic. I read an article in the Atlantic about schizophrenia and then I asked you to read it. And then you're like, there are aspects of this that are very close mm-hmm. to me. Could, cause like a lot of that stuff can develop in your twenties. Mm-hmm. So you were very like concerned. I was like, at that is ripe this age. So, is this something you're at that ripe age for, for schizophrenia. schizophrenic picking. <laughs> um, so I think there is an aspect of it that's like, is that somewhere where what I have, can it lead to that? And you got very, a little obsessive about it for a while. That doesn't, uh, obsessive doesn't surprise me because <laughs> <laughs> that's how I roll, um, especially when I'm overwhelmed and stressed, which mm-hmm. in the midst of um, postpartum, overwhelm and stress is the name of the game. Um so I think I blocked that out because I don't recall, but um, I, I'm, it's kind of coming back to me now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, insanity has terrified me. Mm-hmm. And thank the Lord that I am past the age of 
schizophrenia. schizophrenia. <laughs> Hopefully, knock on wood. Yeah. I am good to go on now, that. Now, when you use the word insanity, because that's... Psychosis. I don't know if that's, okay. Psychosis is, I think, the right word. So detachment from Correct. reality. Right, right. And the thing about it is that I never think to... I never think about the fact that someone who is who is truly psychotic. psychotic, they don't know that they are psychotic. Right. I never think about that. So it's in my mind always, I know I'm psychotic and I'm terrified of myself. And that's not something that can happen. Right. You, when you're psychotic, you, it's just your reality. Like they're, you, I you're unaware. Know. You will not know. Correct. Yeah. And so Aubrey Plaza's character, she knew. Something was wrong. Something with her. was wrong. And she wasn't psychotic. No. Um, but she, she was probably manic. Yeah. 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 Certainly she depressive. Had bipolar probably or yeah. something like that. Um, and, and I've, and I've been around people with bipolar disorder and, um, it, and, and it can be very well managed. Mm-hmm. And so her character just wasn't managed. Right. Um, at an early part of the movie, we see her sort of go through the motions of institutionalization. Right. Almost like it's, well, well I got to serve my time. And I think though, she was Danny Ocean at the end of Ocean's Eleven. I don't know that reference. But I know some people will. It's okay. okay. It's it's for them. Not okay. everything's for you. <laughs> this is how our marriage works. <laughs> um, but the thing that scared me was, so Aubrey Plaza's character had obviously a lot of major issues. Mm-hmm. And so that's always been a fear of mine. So that w- made me very uncomfortable. Right. And then Elizabeth Olsen's character, I would argue, honestly, that she was just as mentally ill as Aubrey Plaza's character. Um, there there, there was is a, certainly a detachment yes, from reality. reality yes. In that. What what I saw in what I saw in Elizabeth Olsen's <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen I can't say it, in her character is uh, she reminded me I've known some people who have been in television for decades and have a certain uh, uh, persona on television because their television you know there are ways you you behave on television. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of at after that long, that has enveloped who they actually are. So Elizabeth Olsen has created this persona on her on character, in, her not, character yeah, yeah. on Instagram and social media, and it seeped into it seeped into just who she is. It's right. sort of. It sort of takes over how you view the world um, when you're literally seeing every sign, whatever. Oh, a self. I could take a selfie there. Right, right. I could take a selfie there. Everything is seen through the next opportunity for likes and for posts. Mm-hmm. And but I just found it interesting that I think both had lost touch of reality, but one person's uh, was socially unacceptable and the other one was socially acceptable socially lauded 
Right, exactly. It yeah. was like celebrated. Right. And so I think that that's a really interesting. Honestly, the more I think about that movie and the more I I actually think I dare say that it was actually a very good movie. I It made me think a lot. Yeah, I I don't I don't I don't think you would I don't think anyone would So let me let me caveat my, that. <laughs> I think, it's a good movie, but I think it was a good movie for someone who is willing to think about it. Yeah, that's exactly what I would say. It is certainly a movie that you do not come out of that movie without having things to talk about. Right. Like it would it would be a good book club movie. You right. You know what I mean? Right. Let's all watch this and then sit down and, and, and talk about it. Um, but if you're just going in it for entertainment um, I would not recommend it. Also, if you're going into it with no knowledge of mental illness, I would not recommend it. Because if you go into it with no knowledge of mental illness, that could be the, that's going to, it's going to support this idea that a mental illness is, should be stigmatized. The, there's a bit of an empathy issue where i think the movie fails is where it turns into thriller territory where it's like all of a sudden people are being beat up and there's secrets behind the scenes and then the the mental illness sort of becomes a plot device yeah yeah um i saw i thought that was one aspect where the movie failed um the ending bothered me a lot yeah because I... i think it completely undercut everything it was trying to establish yeah in the previous 90 minutes um but it is absolutely worth seeing with friends and it will you we can talk about it for a long time yeah because it's a really really in spite of its it it's certain its failures in certain arenas it inspires conversation about essentially what's authentic yeah yeah it- and it made me do a lot of questioning about my own social media presence and, um, you know, making sure that I am not presenting an inauthentic version of myself. Mm-hmm. And I, as my daughter grows up, as our daughter grows up and social media, I, it's, it's here to stay. I think one of the most important things that we can teach kids is that what you're seeing on Instagram is as fictional as everything has a slant to it. No one's going to be putting Instagram pictures up when they're their worst mm-hmm. or where like even, even when celebrities do that, oh, I just woke up fresh face, yeah, no, yeah. no makeup, whatever. Yeah. You didn't just click it and be like, I'm just going to send that out. Right. You took that six times right. in the right lighting. So, it it's a really interesting movie from like i said from addressing authenticity yeah and how actually how kind of transparent those influencers mm-hmm. can be mm-hmm. you know it's that's not the life they're living mm-hmm. it's the life they're presenting on mm-hmm. on social media yeah so i think it's worth a watch for sure i wouldn't tell you not to Unless you're just watching it for entertainment. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. It's not funny. No. Um, it's ve- I, I'm not kidding when I 
say that I felt very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's 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 punctuated by humor. Um, I don't think I laughed though at any of the. I think your landlord made me laugh. The black guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I completely he, forgot about him. Yeah, you were focused on. I yeah. <laughs> on there the were girls. a lot of things going on in my mind. Um, yeah. So recommend it, but but know what you're. No, yeah, know what, know you're, what going you're going into. into. Yeah. The last one. Let's talk about Baby Driver. All right. Because this this was we had a brief conversation about this, and this was what sort of solidified my philosophy for talking about movies on this podcast. Because the the what you saw in the lead character was completely different from what I saw mm-hmm. in the character. I'll preface this with I had knowledge that the lead actor is something of an ass. So I came in with that. Yeah, and I did not have that. Yeah, so I came in with that. Uh, uh, but to be fair to the whatever Ansel Ansel you don't know him personally so you're hearing secondhand accounts of I'm hearing quotes oh you're hearing quotes yeah it's not it's not rumors it's stuff that's come out of his mouth okay um I was trying to give you some credit there Ansel but sounds like you're not yeah you're gonna get it sorry um why don't you to his credit I think he's a good actor yeah I can't judge based on this performance because so much of this performance is based on his charm and likability up front. Yeah. Um, I will say as things turned really dark towards the end, he was on his game. Yeah. He, he, that when he didn't have to be like, Hey, look at me dancing through but the street. See, I, I thought, when he was dancing through the street and everything, I was like, wow, what a talented guy. I was thinking, what a great shot. See, you were watching, you saw the performer in that. I saw the director working his magic. Okay. And we could see two I, different experiences. I could take you through that shot. Mm-hmm. There are so many, I hate Easter eggs, you know, little things that mm-hmm. are hidden, but there are so many things in the background of him as he's walking down this city street that tell a story mm. and that sort of reinforce what's going on with the character, with the music. Um, it's really, really super clever and a super cool shot. But yeah, you were you were seeing the performance and I was just watching the things in the background going, oh, look at that, look at that, look at that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... I saw it as um, a very cinematic experience. It was, it did not shy away from the fact that from its quote unquote moviness. Yeah. It, it, it was designed to entertain. Yes, it was, it was very much a celebration of, um, and Edgar Wright's known as being, the director is known as being, a obsessive cinephile. So it was a nod and a tribute to the things that he loves, mm-hmm. you know, movie musicals, mm-hmm. the, the, the car chases, the way the music is used mm-hmm. to like punctuate. Yeah. I thought that, um, I thought it was a beautiful movie. 
yeah, it's um, it's an exquisitely made movie. I wasn't uh, the car chase, the first car chase that would really get you, you know, strapped to your seats. You had probably never seen a preview of this movie. No, I don't like to watch previews. Yeah, most of the first chase is spoiled in the trailer. Ah, uh, so a that's lot. Why of I it, don't like to watch previews. Yeah, fine. <laughs> um, so. For you, seeing that new, I could imagine how that's like coming out of your shoes, Mm -hmm. exciting. Um, For me, it took a little longer to get on board with it. And actually, it wasn't until Jamie Foxx showed up and this real, true, dark menace got brought into the film that I was like, that I got fully engaged Mm -hmm. From a story point of view, because like I said, cinematically and what Edgar Wright was doing with these shots was riveting to me. But from a story perspective, I wasn't on board until it seemed like a fairly benign set of career criminals at the start. You know, like it, it just didn't seem that there was much there were much. The stakes were very high. Yeah. Well, I think that that was the way it was designed. So that you can kind of like the characters. Yeah. And and that really, that sort of was my main issue with the thing. The, the thing that bothered me the most about the movie is conceivably, did they ever give like how long that kid had been doing it? I mean, it seems like at least a decade he had been driving. Oh, for. gosh. I don't think. I, in my mind, yeah. it was uh, maybe a couple years. Okay. Maybe, like, maybe not even. I was thinking it was just like a year or two. Okay. That was my perspective. And that, to me, that was why he was still like jaunty and joyful. Mm-hmm. And like, he knew he didn't have much longer to do this. Right. And um, he could see the light at the end of the tunnel. And Okay. So maybe there, there was a lack of clarity on how long yeah, he yeah. had been tied to this, to Kevin Spacey's character. But for me, it seemed almost inconceivable that this kid only recent, like they had gone through all those things and he had never seen someone killed before. Yeah. That's strange. And, strained and I don't know. It just, I feel like. This movie was designed that you had to suspend disbelief. Oh, sure. Because it all was unrealistic. <laughs> so, it I mean, the dancing, like, the, even the sexy people, like, hardened criminals being super sexy. Mm-hmm. Not really realistic. Um, well, what the I dialogue wasn't realistic. Sure, it's it's all elevated, right? But I do think there was something towards as the film turned darker. You saw, and actually, this is just coming to me, and I might respect the movie more. But as the film moved on, not only did did Baby's view of what he was doing deteriorate but the people around him and their personas and Mm -hmm. their their uh just the sort of cavalier Mm -hmm. way that they were dealing with this dissolved as well they gave up their nicknames they started being real people yeah and 
Because in the beginning, I thought, oh, this is a fun little group of criminals. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Everybody's got a nickname. Everybody's they... got a nickname. They kind of dig each other. They're, you know, even though they don't really dig each other, they they tease each other. And, yeah. you know, Kevin Spacey's character, which, P.S., creepy Kevin Spacey. But Kevin Spacey's character um, is kind of like the father figure. And, you know, it's very... They're like one big happy criminal family. And, right. You know, I think I think that that was by design. Oh, I'm sure it was. Yeah. Um, I guess I just uh, my only issue with it, like I would never I would recommend it to most people because most people are going to enjoy the hell out of that. Movie. Yeah. It's super entertaining. Yeah. There was just there was some disconnect with me where if the tone of the beginning had been closer to the tone at the end of the film, I think it would would have worked better for me. You don't think that the tone at the very like I feel like the tone. I think the, there's too far of a gap. But what don't you think that the very end sequence of him, um I feel like that it came full circle. It came back to that like dreamy happily ever after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it was like. I don't know. It feels like there was a pretty little bow at the beginning and a pretty little bow at the end, and like they joined around together. A, yeah, it a like gift of darkness and death. Yeah, I don't know. I, to <laughs> me, I get I get what you're saying with the gap, but to me, it made it like more of a roller coaster ride that was that was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It seemed yeah. like a theater show. Yeah, I mean, if we're doing like a stars thing, like if you're four stars is perfect yeah it would be like a two and a half for me okay like and i would say most people is gonna be a three or a four so yeah, see yeah, it yeah. yeah um there are just parts of it that 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 probably my experience with film and my snobbiness mm-hmm. i'm gonna see it yeah more than your standard you know we go to the theater two times a year right type of viewer and for you, those people see that movie you're gonna love the hell out of it right because you when you watch a movie you think about how things were made and you think about the story and you think about you know it's like you pick apart things as they come along well you don't just watch a movie just to like be entertained really i can't exactly yeah um i'm trying to think of a good way of putting this which is why if, this this movie review thing is going to really work out because I do watch movies for the entertainment, <laughs> so I can provide that that normal person. Well, but don't don't sell yourself short. You had a lot of insight into Anger Goes West about you know the deeper text of it. Yeah. If you make cars, or if you're familiar with the process of making cars, or even if you just work on cars. You and I see a car. Mm-hmm. We we see a car. Right. They would see, you know, design aspects, mm-hmm. the the mechanics of it, how things go together. Well, it's how and, it's how you and I view the news versus how other people view the news. Right. Having worked in the news, right, and, and me journalism having studied degree, journalism. Yeah, yeah, you you see it differently. Yeah. Um. And we're terrible to watch the news with. Do not. You will not want to watch the news with us because we'll sit there and pick things apart. We really should do like a, a vlog of <laughs> us just like going through like a week's worth of our local oh stations. Gosh. 
It's not good, guys. You don't. You don't. <laughs> Let's just say in journalism school, they don't prepare you <laughs> for the reality. For the reality of <laughs> the fact that journalism is a business now. Yeah. Um, but that's a whole other topic. But that's, I think, a really good example. Yes. Um, so take your trade. I do want to make a point um, that about watching a movie for entertainment purposes. Okay. So to me, the reason why I view movies as entertainment, I love to learn and I love to be challenged, Mm -hmm. but I prefer to do it on my own terms, which Mm -hmm. is why I love reading and I love listening to podcasts. Um, Even watching a TV show for some reason doesn't feel as intense, but a movie to me is so all-consuming that it's why horror movies terrify me. But it's but I can hear because they envelop you. Yes, but I can like I can read I could read a scary book or read a scary story, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't give me the nightmares that a movie gives me. Yeah. So I just think that that's. I was just thinking about that as. Um, an interesting point. Yeah, especially with comparison to TV. Anyone who has ever binged a TV show did not just purely binge the TV show. They're checking their phone. They're doing other things. I'm right. going to put this show on while I'm dusting. You know. Yeah. It's it's oftentimes a um, like okay. So you never when when you watch a movie. You turn off the lights. You get some popcorn. Right. You're in it. It's an experience. When you're binging a TV show, yeah, I really love to watch like Grey's Anatomy. And, you know, I, those are movies that I would sit and and watch. But you're right. Like, it's not, I'm not going to turn the lights off and I'm not going to, it's not an experience. Right. It's, it's, it, I don't know. You can, you can pause it to go pee. Right. Preferably right. you would not pause a movie and to go pee right or you certainly in a theater would not skip out right to and miss part of the movie to yeah pee yeah yeah so it's just a different experience and i think that's why i i have to really build myself up to watch a movie mm-hmm. but i'm getting better at it but it's also it you treat it with a certain amount of respect yeah that doesn't yeah. That I don't think is universal. You know, I I certainly, when I'm watching a movie, I'm locked in, mm-hmm. provided the movie holds my attention. Right. They don't all do that. So, yeah, there's, there's a certain ritual around watching a movie that just doesn't apply to other, mm-hmm. to other storytelling mm-hmm. devices or media. I really want you to get over the horror movie stuff. I know. I just don't know if I ever will be able to. This past year, I have seen... It's like people figured out how to do really cerebral, um, unnerving horror movies. Like in the past, I saw It Comes at Night, It Follows, It, which I'm going to do a whole long thing about It because... That movie is a miracle. It should not have. Um, <laughs> I get choked up thinking about it. So there's your teaser. 
He's got tears in his eyes. It, it's the fir- it's the first horror movie that I've seen or that I can recall that ends with hope. Oh wow! And that's like I said, it's a miracle. It is remarkable that movie exists the way it does. But man, some horror movies are so good. I just saw an Annihilation. I won't. Well, I won't let you see Annihilation because that movie will corrupt you. It will get into your guts and. I can't do that. No. Now, for some reason, I can watch the movie Halloween. So you're cool with dudes in bushes. I guess so. I get, It's been so long. It's probably been 20 years since I watched the original Halloween. But I, to the best of my knowledge, or best of my recollection, it's not horribly violent. No, and I think that might be why I'm okay isn't with it, it. Isn't it sort of anticipatory yeah, dread through yeah. most of it? Yeah, and it's not... I mean, there is a little bit aspect of supernatural, mm-hmm. but it's not, um, at least in the first one, they don't get too deep into the supernatural stuff. Right. So I, that if we're like, it's probably, it's like the only horror movie I've really ever been able to watch all the way through. And I've watched it multiple times. So we should watch that and talk about it. Yeah, we could do that. Um, an interesting movie for you, a good litmus test. We should watch Get Out. Okay. Because it has tropes of horror films and sort of suspense films. And it is, it'll jangle your nerves, but there's no, I don't want to spoil it. That would be a good litmus test. That would be one for us to watch. And I think, I think you could, you wouldn't get through the movie without asking me incessant questions about what's going on. What's going to happen next? Yeah. But. It's not a traditional horror movie. Not a lot of gore. Very similar in terms of Halloween in what makes it what makes it unnerving, mm-hmm. what makes it mm-hmm. scary. Yeah. I'd I'd be game to watch Halloween again. Yeah, definitely. The original. Right. And actually I liked Halloween H two O. Okay. I remember that like being one that I kinda dug. Mm-hmm. But I've only seen that one one time. Halloween, the original, I've seen numerous times. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Yeah. I think what ruined it for, ruined horror movies for me, because I didn't ever watch, other than Halloween, I never watched a horror movie after, was Carrie. Yeah. That shook me to my core. Well, that, what people have heard about you before, is kind of like, oh, of course. You know, yeah. a, an ultra religious, yeah. strict mother. Um, your concerns about mental health kind yep. of reflect Carrie's struggling with what's inside of her. Yep. Um, it was <laughs> yeah. It was it, was it was like the perfect that's pretty storm. Much, that's pretty um, much dropping napalm on all of your worries and yeah. concerns. Yeah, and, and I fears. saw it when I was like maybe ten. Yeah, that's not great either. No. And it, I'm telling you that I think a lot of my mental health issues started in that movie. Do you, well, do you think it's because you just became recognized more aware of it? Something yeah, something? Yeah, that... yeah. I don't think they, I shouldn't say they started. I think that was like. An the, illuminating. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think it, it shook me so much. Yeah. Whew. And this is why movies are interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that movie, Carrie changed the course of my life yeah which is crazy but it did and that's that's how powerful movies are yeah 
Well, one day when we have like 10 hours free, I can tell you about all the movies that changed the course of my life. Yeah. No, there's not that many. But, oh. Um, uh, if you set me talking about movies that I love, find a comfy chair. <laughs> How many television shows are you religious about watching? That are on currently or that I um, that I have that I was religious about watching that. Are... Let's do. OK, go back to when we had cable. OK, so do you want me to list them? Yeah, just what okay, pops so, to your head. Um, Grey's Anatomy. Right. Which is still you're still going to watch that. Oh, yeah. Every time. I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm into The Good Doctor. OK. New new show came new out show. this year. Yep. I'm into that. Um, the Mindy Project was one that I binged and mm-hmm. was so excited to. I was an, anticipating the new season um, was a hard time for me because I wanted it now. <laughs> um, this is us, mm-hmm. uh, and and in conjunction with This Is Us, the parent Parenthood, which was one of its its forebears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Gilmore Girls, of course. Mm-hmm. Lost, we did. Mm-hmm. You know, Parks and Rec, The Office. I feel like this is a luxury that non-busy people have. But do you ever recall hate watching a show? Hmm. This may not be a term you're familiar with. I don't know that I'm familiar with it, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> people who... Um, usually it's when a, a show turns for the worst in quality. Yeah. And people watch it just to get angry at how stupid it is. I Well, I'll give you an example. If I had less self-respect, I would hate watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Ah, I watched that for a long time. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Sure. What was the appeal to you? I'll give you my stereotypical impression um, of what keeping up with the Kardashians actually is. Mm-hmm. Three people in a room on their cell phones mm-hmm. talking to each other. Um, so I think what I I gotta I gotta sit on that for a little bit because I don't know. I've I've recently stopped watching it and now when I see it, it's like um nails being pushed into my eyeballs. That's interesting. Yeah. What what turned? I don't know. I I just think I don't I don't know. I got to sit with it for a little bit. <laughs> okay. I'm not I'm not sure. Come we will come back maybe at a later date. To yeah, I got to that's maybe going to have to be an entire episode. Um but I'm going to put that note down that I need to I need to think about that a little bit. So, I know one that I maybe hate watch counting on. Counting on is 19 Kids and Counting, mm-hmm. the the new one after the molestation. Right. So they had to spin off some of the younger kids because it turned out the older kids were scumbags. Not, no, no, one, <laughs> one kid. Not the older kids, just one. Okay. But there was complicity with the parents. Right. But the parents have been allowed back in, but the- The parents are still on the show? Yeah. The parents are still on the show, but- Josh, the oldest one who molested, um, anytime that like when they do wedding specials, mm-hmm. they you can see how they um, shoot around shoot him. around him. That's disgusting. Yeah. Was there appeal 
to that show, the first show, to you when you started watching it? When I started watching it, um, it happened after I saw the very original documentary on Discover, Discovery Channel. Is I don't that know. Um, it was at the time 14 kids and um, counting or something like that. And what did it end up? 19 kids. Okay. Um, well, and I, part of the reason why they had to stop and counting because she literally cannot have any more children. Yeah. But, Crazy how but that happens. There was, so it was during a time when I've always been, and probably why I was so interested in journalism, is I've always been for lack of a better word, nosy. Okay. I love like going out for walks at night and when mm-hmm. people have their windows open, <laughs> I can see inside their house. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to be able to sit outside someone's house. Yeah. For a career. I'm just, no, no. <laughs> I just like, I'm the type of person who wants to slow down at a car accident and find out what's going on. Um, I just, yeah, uh, I think that's most people. Is it? Okay. There's another. <laughs> it's a little different from setting up a time to go sure. watch a car accident. Sure. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, so when I when I first heard about that show, I was like, 14 kids. That is crazy. How do they do it? Mm-hmm. Um, I It was like uh, kind of like probably the people who went to freak shows in the olden days mm-hmm. to see the guy with three arms or whatever they did i don't know yeah i'm the certain bearded woman. a certain amount of viewers of that show it yeah. is fascination with and so i got i started watching that one and then when i found out they had it like a the another one which i think was like 15 kids or whatever um and then tlc picked it up and like i was hooked mm. uh, because i had in that original documentary i had seen these kids who dressed really in my opinion, strangely, and they it was a very different lifestyle than anything I had ever seen. Mm-hmm. And um, and honestly, now I watch it because I get a lot of joy when I see them like rebel. <laughs> like one yeah. of one of the daughters has her nose pierced, and, <gasps> and I was like, oh my gosh! And now what are her parents? A saying? couple of them are wearing pants and. There's what? just this, like, I would love to, I, I always want to, I want to know what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like I watch it and I think like, I'm constantly watching the background thinking like, what's, what's really going on in there? What, um, um, I love when they post, I, that's why I follow them on Instagram and Facebook because I want to know what, what, like, do the boys are, do they fight? You know, of course they do. Well, right. Like they present themselves as these pious people, but mm. you know that that's no one's perfect, and I want to see their imperfections. Well, I think this is a uh, that that is why I liked keeping up with the Kardashians. That's actually what I just it just came to me watching watching Counting On, mm. where they're constantly it's like. These amazing people who life is perfect and da 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 da. Keeping mm. up with the Kardashians, they don't hide the 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 dirt. It's to, it's, to a certain degree. Right, I understand right, right. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But the drama the is drama. a important aspect of right. that program. And so it, it's kind of like they were they were dual soap opera ish 
mm-hmm. types serving different reasons. Mm-hmm. I was really, and I think that we'll have to talk. I'll have to dig into the Keeping Up with the Kardashians thing again because, like I said, now I can't watch. I cannot watch it. Right. But I can still watch Counting On because I just there's. I just want to know more. Yeah. I just, I, there's something I... Do you think you're ever going to get more from the show? No. I don't, I don't think so. But they're, I'm like, the. I'm attached to them as characters. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're on reality TV in this day and age, you are more, you are closer to a character than you are a real person. Absolutely. Um, And they all have their different, like... They're all perfect, of course, but they mm. all have like Jessa's the one who's very uh, like bossy, and um, she is. She and Jana kind of have that's that's the other thing is I'm in this group on Facebook um, that like tells secrets behind the scenes. Oh. So then, so then I watch the show and I watch for like Jana and Jessa, like this the the little side eyes that they give each other and yeah. i'm like i know what's going on there <laughs> <laughs> but of course they would never show anything like that on the show everybody no. gets along perfectly and so it's just it's fascinating to me because okay so counting on is the only show that i watch where i would be somewhat ashamed to tell someone that i watch i try not to be ashamed because i don't want to worry about what other people think right. i'm working on that but I get that there is a, a, like a, that it's a quote unquote guilty pleasure. Yeah. If there ever was one. Um, here's the thing. You, you want them to be good people. Like, I get that they're, like, I, I, I actually like pull for them. It's a prison movie is what you're watching. You're, you're waiting for them to break out of prison. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just hoping. Prison break for the denim skirt set. Yeah. And I'm just hopeful. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't know. Like, I see glimmers of um, Jessa's husband is probably the most liberal of the group, if you can call them liberal. He's very... Most liberal. Most liberal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very still very conservative. But he's, he's like, into the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. And um, there is more... Their marriage is not as heavily set on the the male rules the roost yeah uh i think that was the thing that i always i just couldn't i i couldn't watch the show because so much of their lifestyle is just dripping with misogyny oh yeah sneaky misogyny yeah yeah like no one would say oh women are less than right but Women have to dress themselves so that they don't attract the sins yeah. um, out of out of the men. Mm-hmm. You know, women are are there to give birth. Look up Quiverful yeah. if uh, yeah. if you're not familiar with it. It's a sect of Christianity, essentially. Um, Did you know that one of the things I learned in the group that I'm in on Facebook that it's like one of the secrets that they don't show on the show. Is that when the Duggars are out and they see a woman dressed, quote unquote, immodestly. They talk sh**. No. Oh. No. They will say Nike 
And that's the cue for the men to look down at their shoes and not look at the woman. This this bothers me. I just think it's fascinating. I watch it from what, I watch it from a What a diminishment of men. Oh, oh that yeah, That you totally. really believe like if you <laughs> I watch it from I, like a I watch it when I watch it, I watch it like because I'm studying it. I don't watch it because it's like entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. I watch it because I'm like I really want to understand. Yeah, but I guess I guess my question I mean, you said you don't expect to learn. Like, you seem to have to read between the lines on the show. Absolutely, yeah. To uh, to get what you're trying to get mm-hmm. out of out of the program. Uh, oh yeah, the show's terrible. <laughs> I I have made a concerted effort over the last eighteen months to see the world from other people's perspective because when you are so focused on your own perspective you can't realize you know some of the things that have been taken for granted since you were a kid some of the things that were just established as a a sensible way of thinking are really gross. Mm-hmm. The example that I always use during one of the 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 women's harassment movements, there was a there was a hashtag thing that mm-hmm. I went through, and the one that hit me was um, someone wrote, instead of asking why she didn't leave, ask why the man believes that he had a right to hit her in the first place. And I went, oh, yeah. Well, and it's not just believe. It's not just believes he had the right to hit her. It was ask why he's hitting her. Yes. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah, and that is an argument that I know has come out of my mouth before. Yeah. And I'm ashamed of it. And once that that sort of broke the dam mm-hmm. on what else am I failing to see. Mm-hmm. Because of, you know, the standards that used to be set. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the only exciting things about Trump's presidency is I think it is bringing to light and magnifying these shameful beliefs that have so deeply ingrained themselves into society that some of us can't even can't even see them. Mm-hmm. So. I'm really sensitive to the Duggars thing just because my understanding based on articles, not on the show. Right, right. Is that their way of life, it expects little of men mm-hmm. in terms of their behavior mm-hmm. and expects everything mm-hmm. of women. Yeah. And the idea, this idea that what a woman wears she shouldn't wear certain things because, well, if you wear this, you should expect to get hit on by men or worse, raped by men. Mm-hmm. That is, it's absurd that that is a way of, that people think. Mm-hmm. But it comes from this more um, pernicious, sneaky uh, through line 
that I think is being exposed more and more because we have a rampant, gross, immoral misogynist Mm -hmm. as the president of the United States. So expect that to be a big aspect of of (laughs) this podcast going forward is me being an ignorant white man trying to learn about other people's existence, other people's lives. Yeah. And that's, I think, in two... I feel like I have to defend myself a little bit. Oh, I, no, this has nothing. No, no, no. That I mean, that wasn't my intent. No, no, stuff. I know it wasn't. And and the thing is, I know that I don't, I don't watch it to support the family. I know. I watch it to, I want to understand. Like, right. I truly want, I got, I just, there's like something that I got to figure out. And, and it might be the religious aspect that keeps me going back. How... How upfront is is the religion stuff in the show? Is I guess what I'm asking is religion demonstrated? Oh on, yeah. Is is it demonstrated on the show, or is it, or do they actually talk about like the teachings? Do they specify their belief, make explicit their beliefs on the show, or do we just infer that from them going to church? And essentially, the main, the core of Quiverful is that women should have as many babies as they can. Right. And they do deny that they're Quiverful. They know how many kids they have, though, right? Right, right, right. Okay. No, they, 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 um, they deny that they're in the Quiverful movement. Their, their, um, belief about children came about because. In the beginning of their marriage, Michelle was on birth control mm-hmm. and she had a mis- miscarriage. Okay. And they believed that the miscarriage was because of the birth control. And so they turned to the Bible and read in the Bible that um, something about how children are a blessing from God. And um, mm-hmm. and they so they decided to turn that area of their life over to God. I know. No. I <laughs> I, I know, baby. I know. That's I know. Why you I just know. want to understand. I get it. No, I do. Um, probably the more interesting part is when we actually talk about the Kardashians, because that is not about uh, necessarily a troublesome ideology. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe still a little culty. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm fascinated to talk about more about the, the reality shows that, that have drawn you in. I don't actually technically watch Counting On anymore. Oh, no, I know. We got rid of cable, so a lot of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I can't, we, I can't watch we it. We watch if, the good shit now. Yeah, if I if we Even had cable, I'd probably still. Randy does not watch The Good Place, and we should all shame her for it. It's on my to-do list. <laughs> we must support the bell. In all things. Yeah. I agree. She's amazing. We've talked about her on every episode of this podcast. (laughs) Uh, They're great. Anyway, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Yeah. I love you. I love you, too. I'm glad this wasn't as, as dark and dour as yeah. previous podcasts. We're going to have to keep it mixed. Keep mixing Mix it, it up. up. Yeah. Chop it up. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool.